0: C-Squared Sports coming at you again. It's been a long time coming. I'm here with Tucker today. I'm back, boys! Uh, he couldn't make the past uh, couple podcasts, but uh, he's back. Uh, hopefully he's better than ever. The other half of C-Squared is back in the building. Yeah, it's been a long time. We've been meaning to get a podcast out. We've just been, have a lot in the way with school and whatnot. Um, but but we're back, and we're here to talk uh, heavy basketball today. Heavy basketball podcast all, today. All basketball today. Because what else is there to talk about right now?
1: Absolutely nothing.
0: Uh, last time uh, we recorded was after the Florida game and the Gator Chomp uh, game, uh, I guess you call it, but since then we've went through kind of a a little bit of a slump, I guess you call it, uh we've lost two games since then. It's not really a slump, like, I, I don't like to call it a slump, we've just not been playing as well as we know that we can play. Like, would you agree that, you, would you call it a slump that we've been through? Because um, I mean, you you lost to Kentucky at, uh, at Rupp, and you, then you lost to LSU on the. I wouldn't call it a slump. It,
1: it looks like they just lost a lot of their. I would just say it was a slow down of momentum, in my opinion. I don't think it was a slump. I think after that Kentucky game, it kind of felt like a kick in the nuts. Like they just, it kind of hit them all real quick. That I saw a quote where Grant Williams had said that. You know, after a while, they just kind of felt like wins were just going to fall on their lap after how the way they were going on those winning streaks, the 19-game win streak. They just felt like they could win every single game, and if it came down late, they would win it. And then Kentucky kind of stunned them in a way that I don't think they were ready for that. I do think it's helped now. I wouldn't call it a slump, necessarily. I think they definitely call it uh, something that slowed down the momentum of the, te- momentum of the team. But I definitely think they flipped it back around this week. What was it, yesterday? With the Kentucky game yesterday. Yeah
0: yeah as of right now March 3rd uh Sunday March 3rd we're recording this So yesterday we did um we did blow the doors off Kentucky after they blew the doors off of 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 us in Lexington but um yeah I wouldn't call it a slump either because we said uh that we thought that they would get bored like winning as weird as that sounds we thought that they uh could that, that this could happen that they we're beating all these teams that they were playing by double digits, and they weren't really having any close games. And I think they kind of got bored, and they kind of got complacent. You know what? What was it? Four or five straight weeks we were number one in the country, and no one had really challenged us. At while we were in that stretch of uh, of games, you know, we had the close game against Alabama. Uh, we had a close game against uh, Vanderbilt uh, in Nashville. After uh, that was the first game, and we were ranked number one. Uh but uh, we also knew coming into the season
1: that was gonna be a tough stretch. Where we went at Kentucky, at Louisiana State, you know, we had the at Ole Miss. At we knew State. we were gonna have a lot of games that were gonna to be tough late in the season that everybody was kind of expecting. We knew our schedule was very back loaded. So, I mean, all of us want to act like that was a slump, that was a stumble, but I think if you lose at Kentucky maybe like the fourth game of the SEC season, and then we win this game the way that we did, and then we lose to LSU in the middle of the SEC regular season, I don't think that people are as upset about it. But I think because they happened so closely together, the old Miss game was closer than people wanted it to be. You also just kind of take that with a grain of salt. The last few national champions I saw the other day have taken big losses in February, and then they recover in March. So right now I'm I'm really – I was very unconcerned at – for the most part about what was gonna happen after the Kentucky loss. I wasn't super affected by anything. I wasn't swayed one way or the other. I was it definitely made me a little bit nervous to see the way Bowden and Turner were playing. But it looks like they flipped the switch after Kentucky. I think that with the home crowd, I think they finally got over the hump that they were facing. I'm getting back to playing more team basketball now. So I think we'll be okay running into these last two games. I think we got one more at home, one more away. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and that was a lot of the concern uh, was when we weren't playing uh, very well the past few weeks until up until uh, yesterday. I thought we played pretty well in the second half against Ole Miss. We didn't have a good first half, but I thought, um, you know, Bowden and Turner had been going through a bit of a slump uh, against Kentucky. They were 3 of 18 combined. They really didn't play well against at all against uh, LSU, uh, and... I thought that they kind of, especially Lamonte, found his stride in the second half of that Ole Miss game. And he didn't play great yesterday against Kentucky. He didn't shoot very well. But Bowden, I thought, played better. Uh, You know, you had the just tremendous game from Bone, uh, and and then Grant did his thing. Admiral didn't do anything special other than the the dunk in the baseline where he just kind of went stretch Armstrong right there to dunk over Nick Richards for Kentucky. That right there in the baseline, that got the crowd into the game um, early. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that that uh, we were right about them being complacent. Um, and I don't think that – like, I, I was never really worried that they were – that they ha- had uh, lost their momentum that this team – I never didn't think that this team was Final Four material.
1: No, this is a team full of dogs. They're going to come out and fight every night and i I think that when they got to Kentucky, they just kind of got pumped. I think they thought that Kentucky was going to be scared or intimidated by them because they were number one, and that just really wasn't the case because Kentucky knows what it's like to be number one. they know what it's like to have the pedigree, and they know what it how easy it is to lose that number one ranking and I think Kentucky was completely unfazed and they did not respect the Tennessee team at all, and they came out and proved it, and they just put it they just gave it to us I mean. They put the work on they put
0: the work in, just came out and flat out beat us at every aspect. I mean, and we've also seen how tough it is to win, uh, on the road in the SEC, especially at a place like Rupp. Uh it you know, not many teams going Tennessee's only won like twenty one times ever at Rupp Arena. Uh last year I think we expected them to come out and uh play better than they did, of course. But I mean I think we expected a little bit too much for them to come out and win interrupt again this year after we beat them last year interrupt um I, I think kentucky was ready for this game and we just we just weren't uh, uh talking I mean, about the game interrupt i think and uh but it's good to see that we responded the way we did in in uh, thompson bowling
1: definitely yesterday was a game that was i thought was
0: either going to make or
1: break what this team was going to do yesterday to me whether it should or should not have been was a huge game for me in the aspect of whether or not I believed in this team to make a final four run cuz i i thought that you lose to LSU okay it was a tough call bad calls tough game you you lost to Kentucky at Rupp i wasn't too worried about that i didn't like the way we lost i thought it was a bit of a, a bit too much i think we could have done a better job but this game to me was all about if you find a way to win this game or you and you win if you somehow find a way to win big, you're gonna prove to the entire country that you're still here and you're gonna you can get to a Final Four. But if you lose that game yesterday to Kentucky by 19 again, I think to me that would have just go gone ahead and solidified my expectations would have been a Sweet 16 and not much more because you can't get beat like that twice to top teams or else you're not gonna beat the Dukes, you're not gonna beat Gonzaga again, you're not gonna beat the Virginias if you can't handle business at home, and I think that. That's what the mentality was for this entire team yesterday, especially Jordan Bone. And I think Jordan Bone had something to prove. He wanted to show everyone that he's better than Hagen's and he's better than all these other top guards in the country. And he went out there and proved it against the number four team in the country at home. I think he dropped 27. And he made it look easy, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jordan Bone had a special game yesterday. uh, And and he had kind of fallen off, too. He was one of the ones that hadn't been playing the way that we know that he is able to. We didn't find out he was sick, though, which yeah, definitely I mean, plays mean part he, in that. He battled through the flu at LSU, and I thought he played pretty well at LSU. He didn't play great. Like, you could definitely tell he was in a lot of discomfort at LSU. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a fully healthy Jordan Bone, I think we would have won that game. Uh, probably should have won the game anyway. Uh, just that, that LSU game is just the, the officiating and the Anthony Jordan, the – uh, the head official, the you saw that didn't you? The,
1: yeah, the post on Facebook with the yeah. LSU
0: shirt. That was weird. I don't know. I mean, I'm not blaming the uh, officiating for the reason we lost. Uh, but it, it was definitely weird that like the the end of the game, uh, end of uh, overtime with a foul on Grant after the Monte forced it up the three. Yeah, you can't you can't call that foul on
1: Grant. I he mean, was going for a loose ball. That's not called the end of games. I don't. I don't think that was should have been called at all. That was absurd to me. You know,
0: eighty feet away from the basket, which just let
1: the kids play. W-
0: which we we kind of choked that game uh, away in regulation. You know, we blew a nine point lead in the final like five and a half minutes. Uh, so I mean, it, it's it wasn't all officiating. It was just part. We just kind of. It was a tough, tough environment, and we just LSU. we just couldn't close. And, and LSU is a very good basketball team. Yeah, be Kentucky on the road. People so.
1: don't give them enough credit. LSU right now looks like a Final Four contender. If LSU gets put in the right side of the bracket with the right teams lined up, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them in the Elite Eight or the Final Four and make a push at a national championship. They've got great pieces. Tremont Waters is an incredible guard, and Nas Reed. He didn't play very good against us. But a lot of teams don't play very great against us inside just because of how physical that we tend to be. So to me, I I think LSU is a better team than 13. And I think that the only thing they have against them is that they sometimes play to the level of their competition. Whenever they play lower teams in the SEC, they always find a way to keep those games close, which is never a good sign. When you're in, Whenever you get into March Madness, that's not what you want your team to be known for. But I do think they're a top-ten team, and I think that I won't be surprised at all to see them in the bracket and make a deep run.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Nas Reed, uh, it, he should have been, I don't know how the, uh, the first uh, like minute of the game, where he just slings Grant to the floor. I don't know how that is isn't a, a textbook definition of a flagrant two because he just hooks him and just like went WWE, SmackDown versus Raw, throws him to the floor, and gets a flagrant one. And I don't understand what you have to do. If that's not a flagrant do, two, I don't understand what you have to do to get a flagrant two. And if Will Wade can't get a technical, I don't understand what you have to do to get a technical because, I mean, he got to dictate the calls in that game uh, just by staying on the refs just the entire game, and I I just don't understand how he never got teed up, and that's part that the, the LSU loss was part in Rick Barnes too, in my opinion, because I think that uh, Barnes let Wade dictate the calls, right? And, and Barnes never really got onto the refs until after the game, or uh, when he after the they were supposed to be the 1.4 in the clock, and we had go you know, the full court Christian Leitner type pass and you know Grant missed it and then after the game uh he went out after the head official he went after Anthony Jordan I assume um I, I guess I to for one they call on Grant at 80 feet away from the basket or two he was probably uh you know kind of pissed off that they didn't put 1.4 seconds back in the clock either way um you know it's too little too late he didn't He didn't voice his opinion. The SEC officials.
1: The SEC officials have proven that if you get loud enough at home, they'll give you the calls.
0: Exactly. They've
1: proven that if you boom enough, if you put enough pressure on them, if you make it hot, if you get the back of their neck, the hairs on the back of their neck standing up, they'll make the call in your favor. And I don't know why every single ref in the SEC is so heavily heavily swayed due to the home crowd, home uh, the home coaches, whoever is the home team or whoever, whichever coach is on the refs the most in the SEC lately has seemed to get every call their way. And that's kind of crazy to me because – I mean, they need to just start handing out technicals because coaches are acting crazy. Will Wade, every single game, is dictating calls.
0: Yeah, it's time to get together, SEC.
1: He's just lighting officials up all game, and they're just letting him do it. No technical, no repercussions, no warnings that I've seen so far. Just a pat on the back, and then Will Wade and LSU are getting calls. And that's starting to get very frustrating to me. I, honestly, at this point, I'm ready to get through the SEC tournament, get through the SEC regular season. Let's just get into March. Let's just... Well, we're in March now. Let's just get into the heart of what college basketball really is. And let's just get into the big time. Let's get to the big dance. Let's get this thing started. Because the SEC has just been atrocious this year with officiating.
0: And, and even yesterday, talking about the the home fans swaying the calls in their favor. I mean, yesterday in Thompson Bowling, uh, I know you didn't go, but I went and I, I mean, I'm mean, i talking about every call that went against Tennessee in the first first half alone was just – I mean the loudest boos that I've ever heard in Thompson Bowling. the The fans stayed on the refs the entire game, and I even the calls that even the correct calls I think at times the fans were just the boo birds were coming out early, and often and uh, I I think it I think it had an effect because the game wasn't really called and you know ticky tack fouls weren't really called throughout the game um, they were as they were early, um, it, but but Kentucky still did have the. Uh, more free throws in the in the game. Uh, had more foul foul calls on Tennessee throughout the game, and I don't know the exact number, but I know in the second half it was like ten to three, and Tennessee never shot a free throw in the second half. No, and uh, you know that doesn't make any sense because Tennessee outscored Kentucky in the paint by like uh by like twenty eight points or something like that. It was ridiculous, and that on no planet does that make sense. No, and I think that the
1: way that Tennessee is officiated is starting to become very frustrating as well I don't know if it's just an SEC thing I guess we'll find out when we get into um, the tournament but the way Tennessee has been officiated has changed so much from the beginning of the year to the end of the year because Tennessee is a very physical dominant basketball team and they're calling everything on Kyle Alexander early trying to send a message it almost feels like to Tennessee like you're not going to play bully ball this game we're not going to allow it Grant you know cool it they call the blocking foul versus him against LSU it's like they're just trying to slow down Tennessee and Tennessee's main goal when playing offense and defense is to be physical be aggressive and be strong that's how Barnes coaches them so these guys are that was another reason I kind of related to the quote slump that people think that Tennessee went through was also officiating change after that Vanderbilt game when Grant shot 23 free throws and made 23 of them Officiating in the SEC changed quickly to not favor Tennessee as much on calls when Grant's driving to the basket or being physical, which has kind of uh, hurt the team in a way that they're trying to re-figure out how to play basketball in the SEC, and I think Kentucky, they figured it out, and Kentucky, the refs let them play a little bit more, they're a little bit more aggressive, and... um I think Tennessee is going to benefit from that, especially because usually when you get into the uh, NCAA tournament, they usually let the guys play. Uh, They let the games be a little more physical. They're not calling as much. It's kind of like playoff basketball in the NBA. The stronger, more physical team is going to win. So I am excited to see how that goes. I am excited to see these last two games versus State and um, Auburn. And hopefully uh, LSU will find a loss to Florida next week and uh, we can lock up the SEC on our own. And then uh I don't really care much about the SEC tournament. I'd like for us to win it, but if we don't, I won't be heartbroken or anything because it's the Kentucky Invitational anyway. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they found
0: a way to get their calls and win the whole thing. Yeah, and uh you mentioned the not knowing how to play due to officiating not knowing what you can do and what you can't do. And I think that showed also in the Kentucky game at, at Rupp because uh you know, the first half they were not calling anything uh there for like I don't remember the the foul differential uh, in the first or in second half, but I know that in the first half they went through played past two media timeouts because uh, it, there were no foul calls. Like they, they both teams were being physical, and uh, you know they weren't calling anything. And then the second half they decided that they were going to call everything, uh, mainly on Tennessee, and you know that just. I think that just like threw them off because you know Tennessee doesn't know how they can and can't defend that what they can and can't do if they can put a ball into you if they can't if they're gonna call a touch foul and you know that really throws off your game and the rhythm of, of what you can it dictates what you can and can't do on defense and that uh, I think that created a bit of a problem because they they couldn't be as physical as they wanted to be. And other, they were allowing other teams to be more physical with them, and you know Grant Williams wasn't getting to the free throw line nearly as much as he had been, and um, it that uh, I think that, like you said, was part of the part of the reason that we went to the quote unquote slump, but um, but Grant uh, the past couple weeks has been really the only consistent piece until. Um, Until yesterday, Bone kind of got his his thing going together. Uh, But uh, going going forward, we have Mississippi State on Tuesday night, and then we have Auburn on Saturday. And we have a chance uh, to finish the home schedule undefeated, which if you told me that at the beginning of the season, that we would be undefeated at home, I don't think I would have believed you. Honestly, because even though I thought this team had a chance to be really special, I didn't just the way college basketball is, you don't see teams go undefeated at home. I mean even Kentucky has lost at home this year uh and how good they are and how tough it is to win it up uh, I think tom Thompson Bowling Green is a special place, and I think it's a might be an underrated uh, college basketball venue. I definitely think TBA
1: has moved in the top the top tier of college basketball the same way that Neyland was and continues to be a top tier football stadium and I mean when you're putting 21,000 I mean the stadium holds what 21,000 something and we're selling like 22,000-something tickets. Like, we're overselling the stadium. People are standing, I mean, in places. So whenever you're going to pack a place out like that and you have people as crazy and dedicated to basketball and football as Tennessee fans are, it can be a hectic environment. And I I think that teams struggle from that. And I heard Coach Cal say the other day that he felt like his players, the environment was too hostile and they couldn't handle the heat. It was just too loud. and The players were getting flustered and they just – they were being completely dictated by the crowd. Every time they missed a shot, they were in their the crowd was in their head. And he said that this young team, a freshman just didn't know how to handle it. And he said they hadn't been punked like that all season and that they better fix it at half or this is going to get ugly. And they didn't fix it and it got ugly quickly. So I I have a I have a good feeling that Auburn will seem to be the same way. Even though they have a lot of veteran guys they played here before, Bruce has his coached here before. So he knows what it's going to be like. He'll prepare them. Uh, I, I the think Auburn's on the on the road. Or not Auburn, Mississippi, Mississippi State. State. I'm sorry. No. Well, Mississippi State's coming in anyway, and they have a lot of guys who are veterans in the SEC. They've played at Tennessee before. And um, I don't think they'll be as frazzled as Kentucky was, but I just don't think they'll have the talent to match up with Tennessee this week. And I think Tennessee is going to know what's on the line in going undefeated in, uh, at home. And I think they'll be fired up, and I think they'll get the job done. I think the only player we really need to worry about is uh, Weatherspoon, and after that everyone else is kind of an afterthought, and hopefully Bowden, if uh, Bone is too small, we can put Bowden on Weatherspoon because I think Bowden has turned into an elite defender and he's going to make a strong case for himself. He can keep hitting mid-range and three-point shots. By his senior year, he might get a chance to play in the NBA, and if if he can continue to be a, a lot down elite defender in the SEC right now.
0: Yeah. yeah the fans are infallible. Uh, that's for sure, and uh quindarius weatherspoon is that his name yeah i think so uh, nick, and then there's nick is he still there yeah i think he's there uh neither one of them is very good uh i watched mississippi state play a couple times and i was not impressed by either one of them and auburn isn't very good uh but that one is on the road we we should be favored uh probably like four or five points i would say uh, but those are both games that we should win, and I think that we will win the Mississippi State game for sure to finish undefeated at home. Uh, which, like I said, it, it doesn't happen like very often uh, in college basketball, except unless you're Gonzaga, you know, and you don't play anyone at home, where you play St. Mary's once a year at home, and that's really the only team that can beat you in your <laughs> conference. Um, but now, uh, moving forward into the, into the SEC tournament. Um, as, as cool as it would be to win the sec tournament i think i would rather you know lose lose the sec tournament win the sec uh at least a share of it regular season and then you know focus on 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 the um on the big dance and march madness and the and the tournament and making a final four run which uh i think we can do um you know a lot of people were saying that this team ceiling was the sweet 16 after the past couple of weeks but I think that we can. I've i I'm not strayed away from a 5-4, which is my my goal. Uh, you know, something Tennessee's never done. And I, I think that this team can continue to be very special into the postseason. And, you know, I, I said yesterday on Twitter that uh, even regarding uh, postseason results, uh, I think this team is very special It they've proved – uh, just based off this regular season, that they are uh, very special, and no matter what happens in the postseason, I think that this will be a team that we remember for a long time. Yeah, and I think that the tournament has a
1: lot of that determined uh, is based off of what what the seeding looks like and how we get placed and where we get placed. Because Tennessee fans have proven that they'll travel, so I think if we get placed in the South bracket and and we're the number one or a number one seed, I think Tennessee has a great chance to line up to get to a Final Four. And I think if we can find a way to win a few games in the SEC tournament and win the SEC outright, um, and even win the SEC tournament as as well, that will bode well for this team getting a number one seed in the um, NCAA tournament. I think if they can get a one, get the South region, um, as long as they don't put Anything, any crazy teams in there, like I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee somehow finds a way to get the one seed. And since Duke lost a few games, they put Duke in the South region with Tennessee as the two, that'd be something stupid that they would try to screw Tennessee over with. And I think as long as we get the right matchups, the Gonzaga's, the Virginia's, I think Tennessee will be okay. And I think that they'll get to, they'll get to a final four. And I'm hoping that if they get that far, that the senior leadership is usually will win a team games in the final four in the elite eight. So grant and Admiral,
0: those guys, Kyle, will have a big impact on what Tennessee really does in the postseason. Yeah, and I really don't want to play Gonzaga again, to be honest, uh, until we absolutely have to. I, I wouldn't want to be... Virginia doesn't scare me, but I wouldn't want to be in Gonzaga's region, and I wouldn't want to play them until the Final Four, at least, theoretically. But like you said, Duke... Um, and Duke is uh, has lost a few now uh, without Zion, uh, and... You know, I I just those don't, games don't count actually. Uh, yeah, if Take if, if you're, you're if room. you're a Duke fan, then you just don't count those. <laughs> if you ask a Duke fan, they they think that they should still be number one because they think that R.J. Barrett um, and Zion and Cam are just these perfect basketball players, and that they are just an NBA team on the floor. Well, the problem at, is, at any times.
1: The problem is that Jones.
0: I mean, if, if if you ask a Duke fan, they think that they could beat the ninety five, ninety six Bulls. Yeah, the pro- with those three guys alone.
1: Well, the problem with Duke, Cody, you really need to cut him a break because Jones is a lottery pick. R.J. Barrett's gonna go number two. Cam Reddish is gonna go between four and seven, and you know what? They're missing the number one overall player. So you know, having two, having four through seven, somewhere in there, having another lottery pick, you only have three lottery picks. That you, you're not gonna do very well. So we really yeah. need to cut them a break. They need their. They need all four lottery picks. And they need they need they need that fourth guy without Zion this team is just
0: yeah they, they truly are the little team that could without yeah, Zion
1: they need they, they're good though they're trying really hard so hopefully they'll be okay with only four NBA players on their team and yeah hopefully they'll get Zion back healthy because they, they really need him if they want to try and get off the bubble Oh so-
0: yeah when when you have one of your three top five future NBA draft picks Un, uh, out then that really hurts your chances because two top five picks just you know they they just That's not enough and they just really struggle no. to 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 play inferior competition yeah but l- let me tell you something the AC the ACC it's like playing an NBA schedule I mean that the ACC is such a tough conference and that you can't do it with two top five picks honestly Duke needs have to, move, have to have three
1: Duke needs to needs to be moved immediately back to number one as soon as Zion Williamson comes back. Just because that they have to be. I mean, those last few games don't count. When you lose to unranked opponents, or when you lose to teams that are just flat out no good, um, you know you need to be put back at number one when your best player comes back healthy, because that's what you have to do. So, th- really, the the Kansas loss in overtime shouldn't have counted for us because Grant went out with foul trouble and he fouled out of the game. So we'll 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 take that game back. And Duke fans, you can take your games back, and we'll move them back to number one whenever Zion comes back from his knee injury. Hopefully he'll buy himself a new pair of Timberlands to wear him while he's out there so he doesn't rip a hole in the bottom when he comes back. I'm so tired of his on love affair. I can't wait till he goes to the NBA. I can't wait for him to be out of college basketball and Josiah James is the next
0: ESPN love affair. So as of right now, who do we think the number one seeds are? I mean, I right now I, I, or I, at the end of at the end of if, everything? A, se- if a season ended today. I would say they would probably still have Duke at number one, Uh, Virginia, Gonzaga, and I mean, I I don't know how you put Kentucky over us now, uh, after after yesterday, Uh, but it would either be us or Kentucky right now. It would just be... It comes down to what the
1: selection committee values more. And... I, I guess do they give Kentucky the nod because Reed Travis was out and they were missing one of their better players, so they let them have that. Is I, it Calhoun who know. who who did what lately? Tennessee struggled lately. Um we both have the same loss to L S U. They lost to Alabama. We didn't. Uh I guess it just really comes down to what do you value more? Duke is a blue blood, so they'll probably get the edge when it comes down to it. That's why I think Tennessee needs to win out and they need to beat Kentucky in the SEC tournament. If they really want to make sure that they're definitely going to solidify number one seed,
0: yeah, and it might it might come down to who wins on a neutral floor in Nashville uh, in the SEC tournament, which I uh, assume that Tennessee and Kentucky will meet up in Nashville, but uh, because you know Kentucky won by seventeen, therefore we won by nineteen our floor. So, I don't know who uh, who has the upper hand on the neutral floor. Well, if we do the math, it looks like Tennessee by two. Uh, yeah, I mean, Tennessee <laughs> minus two. I mean, if the game was one second longer yesterday, we would have won by 21, uh, which Admiral, I think, was just... Putting the exclamation yeah, point. I, he did know. what every fan wanted him to do. He, he never <laughs> lost to Kentucky at Thompson Bowling Arena, which is kind of crazy. Him or Kyle or Lucas Campbell. I lost to Kentucky at at home. And Lucas Campbell's a big part of that, so yeah. he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah.
1: I think that um uh, I think that what we will do, I think we talked about this earlier, and I think an idea that we had you guys might like. I think what we're gonna do when they release on Selection Sunday, when they release the brackets for um March Madness and the Big Dance and the NCAA tournament, we're gonna go through uh we'll do a podcast on the regions of the uh, if the bracket, the four regions, and we'll break down the matchups of the first round and the round of 64, and uh, we'll break down who we think is going to win, what the matchups are going to be like, and we'll try to run through that pretty quickly, we don't want to make anything super long, obviously, we're not going to do an in-depth breakdown of every team, some teams we really probably won't know much about, uh, some of the lower level teams, but we're gonna try and get one of those out around that time. I think you said we would
0: try and do one for the SEC tournament as well, maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll probably start in conference tournament play and just kinda see uh how that shapes up um before that's the week before um selection Sunday. So we'll probably start there and see how uh that goes and just kinda test the waters. Yeah, see how see how that feels. See if you guys like it, see
1: if it was boring, you know. We'll we'll try to release something of that sort. With the SEC tournament and the the tournaments for the conferences, and if that goes well, I, I assume that it will. We'll release one for the NCAA tournament as well, and that should be fun. We'll we'll try to do. We also talked about doing short little fifteen minute podcasts about after uh, they do the two days uh, of gameplay, and then they have a is it a two day break, and then they'll start like if they do round sixty four for two days, they'll have a two day break, and then start the round of thirty two. Right.
0: They they play on the yeah they have the first four games uh, the. The, the play playing games. We they'll, probably won't break down that. Yeah, they will start on Tuesday and then Wednesday, and then the big the round of sixty four is Thursday and Friday. And you have the round of thirty two on on uh, Saturday and Sunday, and then after that you you have your sweet sixteen set up. Okay, so what we'll probably do is after they do the two days
1: of the round of sixty four, we'll try to release be uh, a podcast either that night or the morning before the round of 32 start, the games for the round of 32 start up. We'll try to break down those matchups and make predictions on who's going to win, talk about which predictions are wrong, who looks like they're on the up, who looks like they're going to fall off, injuries, things like that. Try to do a quick 15. We'd like to keep in the 15-minute range, under 20 minutes for sure and uh, just try to break down things as they go along in the tournament keep everybody updated if you can't watch all the games we are going to be on spring break with school so we'll have a lot of time to watch pretty much all the games and break down everything we can to help you guys out condense everything and um, we'll definitely keep you updated on Tennessee what our matchups could look like things like that so uh, I think that's it for this one, right? For yeah. this podcast. And then you, thing got,
0: got. you guys can laugh and tweet at me about how wrong we are.
1: Yeah, well, I'd say we'll probably get quite a few wrong. I'll probably fill out 25 brackets, 24 of which will have Tennessee winning.
0: Yeah. One will have oh, – okay, it's going to be so easy filling out the champion this year.
1: Yeah, one will have some random team that I accidentally got in the final four that I was like, how did Seton Hall make it here? All right, sure, why not? But I think, uh, I think that's what we're going to be trying to get a hold of the next – few weeks as things pick up in college basketball and we'll definitely try to keep you guys updated with everything if you guys have any questions um i guess just hit us up on twitter is the best way to do it um cody's
0: twitter handle is we well, go ahead at conrad Valls. any numbers or anything nope just at conrad vols at conrad. c-o-n-r-a-d-v-o-l-s All at right. conrad vols.
1: and then uh mine is at tucker cooper 15 T-U-C-K-E-R-C-O-O-P-E-R 15. So if you guys have any questions, DM us, message us, tweet at us, whatever you want to do. The DMs are open. The DMs are always available. Uh, Feel free to ask questions, comments, if you want to just talk trash, if you're not a Tennessee fan. You know, you can start what you want, but we will finish it. So um, throw anything you got at us, and we'll try to get some things figured out. As uh, school is... Starting to slow down for a little while, and um, we'll try to crank out some
0: decent content. Yep. Exciting couple weeks coming up. Uh, March Madness coming up. March is upon us. Uh, Exciting stuff. Can't wait. Me either. That's C Squared. We out.